Welcome to the Inspiring Young Aspirers podcast. I'm your host, Billy Garton Jr., a 21-year-old entrepreneur and professional athlete. On this podcast, we'll be interviewing some of the most successful world leaders in their space in both business and sport. People who've amassed success, wealth, abundance, and most importantly, happiness, often after fighting incredible adversity. The hope is that through this podcast, we're not just going to inspire you or motivate you, but rather through the tips and hints that my guests share, spur you into action. If you're young and motivated, join me on this journey as we ignite the passion through some of the world's most inspiring stories. You know, when you wake up every day knowing exactly what you're striving for, nothing can stop you. Starting out my podcast, it was fundamental to me that I make it as professional as possible. And I could not do that without the help of podcast backdrops. Make sure you check out podcast backdrops on Instagram and put in the code BillyGarten to receive a special discount. Now let's dive into the episode. Today is for the men. Men are living through a time where they genuinely don't know where they stand. A time where they admittedly are not living and leading powerful lives. And the evidence is everywhere. I am baffled by this presumption that men are meant to maintain careers, sustain families, entertain a social life, yet struggle in their pursuit of inner peace. Those are the words of our guest today, Javon Langford. Javon is the the voice of the global voice of men's empowerment. He is an expert within the men's mental health and wellness space. He is the founder and CEO of The Mentor, which is a multinational charitable organization where he is on a mission to support men in their journey of healing, their path to create a purpose-driven future. Javon is a trusted advisor and executive business coach and mentor to corporate leaders, culture icons, and celebrity clientele. He has impacted the lives of tens of thousands of young men and adult males on four continents, but... It didn't all start that way. Javon encountered the effects of addiction, abandonment, adoption, and abuse. His father was diagnosed with leukemia and died at the age of 29 when Javon was just three years old. His mother struggled with drugs. He was bullied profusely throughout elementary, middle, and high school. He found sports as his saving grace. And since then, he has transformed his life creating a goal that is to create physical brick-and-mortar campuses across all seven continents that offer continued education in leadership and character development for adolescent and adult males. So we're going to touch on all things anxiety, mental health, creating your ideal life through the power of your mind. So, Javon, thank you so much for taking the time. We're really humbled to have you on. Um, It's an honor to be here, really. Well, Javon, let's go deep. I believe in going deep and, and getting deep into the past before we unravel everything that you're into and what your goals are. So what are some key moments in, in your life growing up that led you to to embark on this journey you're on now? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I feel one of the moments that has really been impactful for me, Billy, was being adopted. Yeah. I was about five years old when it happened. I lost my dad. My mother was struggling at the time uh, with substance abuse. 
And my grandmother interceded the process of going through the courts. And, you know, I was sat down on the couch one day um, in this small apartment and was told that, you know, this is your home now. This is where you are going to live. This is where you'll go to school. This is what what we'll we'll do as a family. Um, and your mother's going to get some help, and, and I'm going to be here for you. And I love you, and I see you, and I anything that you need, I will be there for you. Right. And I I knew in that moment that it was pivotal. That there was a lot of change that was about to take place in my life. What I didn't know is that the distance and depth of my of, of and direction of my life was going to change completely. Right. And what I mean by that, Billy, is that you know, how I saw the world, how I experienced the world, how I was received by the world, all was now in the hands of this woman called my grandmother. And she taught me so many things about life. She spoke to me in a way that I wish more mothers would handle their children. And what I mean by that is she spoke to me as her equal. And she spoke life about, talked to me about life, talked to me about money, about business relationships. And she held me high. She spoke life into me. And she called me forward, not called me out, but she called me forward. And I, I truly believe because of that, it, it breeded a very curious mind within me early on. Mm-hmm. And so I was always in this space mentally of what is this moment requiring of me? What do I get to create from here? I was constantly thinking and constantly exploring how do I maximize this moment? How do I make the most of what I have right now? So yeah. that's definitely one of those moments that was impactful for me. Yeah. And so when you when you realize this, I'm sure you're obviously young at that time, so you maybe didn't consciously realize it. Looking back now, you realize it. Was there a conscious switch that you remember that made you turn towards this overarching journey of of reflecting on first everything you've gone through, but then realizing that you can actually impact and help millions of people's lives? Yeah. I'm still having those moments, Billy, like till today, as I build this journey, you know, and I I develop and I'm, and I'm, I'm creating these platforms and these spaces for men and leaders of men to gather. I'm still in the work. I'm still developing myself. I'm still growing. I'm still stretching myself and going through therapy and, and hiring coaches and putting myself in rooms and at tables where I can be fed and fueled so that I can go out on my respective mission. Um, But I I think there have been a lot of moments that have been instrumental for me. One in particular that comes to mind right now on a more spiritual uh, level is we lived in a small apartment and there was a hallway from where the bedrooms were in the bathroom in the back of the apartment to the living room and the kitchen. And in that hallway, I remember walking down, I was probably 11 years old, walking down the hallway and like feeling called to stop. And I closed my eyes and I opened my hands and I felt this energy pass through me. And from that moment, Billy, I've always felt like I was being carried through life, that I was protected and guided by something much bigger than myself. Today, I identify that as God. But for so long, I didn't know. I just knew that I was having a very different experience in every room that I walked into, You know, whether it was school, playing sports, with family or friends. I was seeing and sensing things that others were not. And so it's always been a very delicate dance for me. And today I know that's my intuition. That's my discernment. That's my soul speaking to me. It's my inner child. And I've established relationships with all of those entities. And today I think that really supports me in showing up in the world the way that I do. Yeah. You know, it's such a unique thing, the world that you're in, because it's not talked about a lot. People would say that it is talked about a lot. 
from personal experience, from your own experience as well, from seeing other people involved in, in this constant struggle and this constant battle with all the things that you talked about, building a family, business, relationships, but struggling up here. Why do so many men suffer in silence? Why do you feel mm. like it's it's the male more so than the female that mm. suffers in silence? Mm. Unfortunately, Billy, we live in a world that does not benefit from hailed men. We need men to believe that they're too fat, too skinny, too straight, too gay, too black, too white, too fill in the blank. And if men believe that, they navigate their relationships differently, the workplace differently, their friendships and interpersonal relationships differently. When I feel that I'm not enough, when I feel that I am inadequate and I carry that with me into my relationship with my wife or partner before my heart or my deepest truth, that causes some issues over time. And I feel strongly that just men, you know, the problem at hand is that men are encouraged to to look at society for the answers before leaning upon themselves or another brother, right? And until we're able to be exquisitely honest as men with what we're going through, we can't heal. So the silent suffering means that they're not safe to do su- to, to suffer openly. And it's really a lot of the unhealthy narratives that we have about ourselves as men that create unnecessary suffering in the world. Yeah. Do you feel that a big component of that has to do with the brothers like you talked about that we surround ourselves with, whether they allow you to talk openly about that or whether they make you feel like you can't? Absolutely. There are a number of factors, cultural factors. I think the media and television influence, you know, have a big uh, hand in that. Also, just the the upbringing in which you grew up. And I grew up in a very loving household with a grandmother and aunts and four sisters. So I I knew life from the female perspective for so long. You know, I, I saw the life through the world of a woman. And that journey between, you know, going from being coddled and being, you know, kept safe in that environment and turning 18 and going into the world and just being hit from every angle yeah. with what I am supposed to be for other people. Yeah. That's overwhelming. And, you know, as I grow into a an adult male, even today, what I realize that if you look closely, Billy, men are no longer, as they once were, working to achieve success. They're working to achieve peace, peace of mind, peace in their marriages and relationships, peace financially, peace as as parents, right? Peace is one of the greatest emotions that men are unfamiliar with. And that's a big part of the narrative that the mentor, that myself and a lot of leaders in the space are working towards solving. Yeah. There's a huge stigma around this word masculinity. Mm. You yourself obviously grew up with a lot of feminine influence around you which has allowed you to still become the man you are but sort of break down those walls of masculinity i think the huge the big stigma is that by breaking down those walls like you said you become too gay you become too feminine you become not this version of yourself that can from the outer perspective support a family grow a business be this strong figure where's the balance between that and, and and what are your thoughts on that there is no balance. It's a dance. It's a dance. It's one of the greatest dances I think that men get to uh, step into and, and to not be afraid to get their feet on the dance floor 
to lace those shoes up and get on there and just figure it out. Even some of the, his, his, the biggest misconception is that men, people like myself, that we have it together. Just because I'm traveling the world and I'm, you know, making quote unquote great money and helping others to do the same and, you know, have this beautiful lifestyle. I've worked for that. Absolutely. But I'm still working through a lot of things. Yeah. And there's a huge misconception. I think going back to masculinity, the issue is that the world is telling us this is what it means to be a man. And the truth of the matter is, Billy, it's not about being a man. It's about being the man that you feel called to be, being the man you desire to be. So the difference between A and V makes a world of difference. Yeah. And it's so important that we have more spaces where men can be able to participate in these conversations, be witnessed by other leaders in the space, by the elders. Yeah. And historically, you know, the elders have left the tribes. They, they have died off or they have got lost or they, I don't know where they are, Billy. That's a big part of my mission as well is to locate the elders, the, the older, the grandfathers and the uncles and um, the, the godfathers of the community. You know, we need their wisdom. We need to sit at their feet yeah. and to learn and to grow and be stretched. But most importantly, two things, to be seen and to be heard. And I think that masculinity, a lot of men step outside the cage or the the, the container that is masculinity because of what it feels like to be, you know, in there. It feels like a, a boiling pot. Yeah. It feels like I can't get it right. I can't do it right. I can't be what they need me to be for their lives. And so I'd rather hide. I'd rather do drugs. I'd rather uh, abandon my children. I'd, I'd rather, you know, work a shitty job and not find something I'm passionate about. And, and it's a really so sad. Yes. It's a really sad place to be, but um, thankfully, again, there are organizations like the mentor that are out there that are creating spaces to change that conversation. Right. Stop. I'm interrupting my own podcast to talk directly to you. What do you care about? What is your deepest passion in this world? That is what you need to be doing consistently. So now that you know that, how can we align your content with those goals so you can build a personal brand that sells? That's everything we touch on in my eight-week personal branding accelerator. I'm opening up my next 50 spots as we speak. So DM me on Instagram at Billy Garton Jr. And we'll hop on a quick 10-minute phone call to see if you're a good fit. Now back to the episode. You mentioned there about not being a man, but becoming the man that you were meant to be. The hardest mm. part, I think, for men and, and for males of, of virtually all ages now is that you're so wrapped up in the day-to-day -day and all these outside influences that continue to build as you get older and older and older, more things come into your life. Where mm -hmm. does that going back to your roots start? Is it ridding of what other people care about? What is it? I think it's different for every man. For me, specifically, we all have agreements within ourselves based off of the experiences and events that we go through, right? And, you know, my mother struggling with drugs and alcohol created an agreement that women don't care about me. Women are not to be trusted. Losing my father to, to leukemia, you know, created an agreement that, you know, I'll never really be the best father because I had no example of one. Experiencing sexual abuse, you know, I am damaged goods. I, it's not safe to have sex. If I have sex, something's being taken from me. So agreements are established based off what we go through. Yeah. And I think it's our duty 
as men and women to go and do the work it takes to be able to deconstruct the conditioning that we've gone through. Yeah. And that's what I have. That process is what I have absolutely fallen in love with, love not that. only for myself, but beyond my growth, the personal freedom I feel today, I feel obligated to do the work I'm doing. Yeah. And it just so happens that it lights me up. It just so happens that it fires me up to be able to hold space for someone and to be a mirror, a corner man for a, another man who does not feel seen and heard, who does not know how to strike at the source of his greatest challenge, and then I show up. I love what you just said, by the way, Javan, about you had to go back to conquer your past before you could move forward. We mm. talked a little bit off air about your friend Gavin, who was also on my podcast. One of the biggest mm. things that he said that I learned from him in that episode was, you need to go to the root before you can make the change. Is that mm. the key to it all? Can you move yeah. forward without going to that root? Yeah. Well, let me let me fast forward to where a lot of men are right now. Yeah. A lot of men are being crushed by life. A lot of men are questioning their relationships, their identity, their sexuality. A lot of men are spiritually divided. A lot of men are struggling, struggling, struggling just to get through the day. And a big part of that is the reason why life appears to be so heavy for so many men is because they never take the time to stop and identify what they're carrying. I craved male connection most of my life, but I was afraid that if I connected with Billy, right? Garton, Garton, Gar Garton? Garton, yeah, Billy Garton. If I connected with Billy Garton, that Billy was gonna do one or two things to me. He was gonna abuse me or abandon me. So there's no point in making that effort. I discovered that through doing the work and when I saw someone that I felt called to connect with, I had to work through those two conversations. That takes emotional intelligence. Yeah. It takes consciousness. It takes awareness. It takes practice and risk, right? And rigor. And those are things that get built over time. Those are things that get built within the context of a community or with a coach. And most men just don't have that in their lives. Yeah. So I, I feel to answer your question, for me, there have been a number of moments that I feel strongly that I could have given up. I could have dropped the ball. I could have checked out, but I realized that I was meant for more. Yeah. And I just wanted to know most of my life, why am I here? And anything that was in the way of that, I made a commitment to just work through it, to yeah. figure it out. Men as a, as a gender on the whole and on the generalized population of men, we are so bombarded with so many things that doing what you just said, standing still and being still and just stopping and realizing where that root cause is, is not something that's in our DNA. It's not something that's in our DNA. And I'm speaking again from personal experience and from, from simply seeing it around, around my life as well amongst other men. How do you, how do you go about just being still when you feel like, again, going back, there's all of these things that it feels like if you stop and stand still, you're missing out on, on potential business opportunity. You're missing out on taking control of your family. You're missing out on your love life. How do you just stop? How do you do that self by yourself without investing in mentors and all these people? 
Well, I'd be willing to say the opposite holds true too, Billy, is that the men who are running around, scrambling, avoiding, are also in pain. So it's it's it depends on perception, right? It, comes, it depends on perception. But I think that a lot of men, unfortunately, only know one way to get rid of their pain is by giving a little bit back to the people closest to them. And that's unfortunate because that's why a lot of marriages don't survive because men are not in the work. That's why a lot of businesses don't thrive because the founders and, and, and creators of those companies and organizations and movements are not in the work. That's why a lot of children feel as if they grew up having to follow themselves because men are not in the work. So I feel strongly that you know some of the things I've discovered is that men feel as if if I just wait, then, then shame will lose its significance. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have discovered for myself that being still doesn't mean that I'm stopping. Yeah. Being still means I'm owning the moment that I'm reclaiming what I gave up so freely. I'm reclaiming what I want my life to look like and be like, and to feel like, and smell like, and being still is really the foundation of every spiritual practice known to man. And if you hear something said once or twice, it's like, okay, but if everyone's saying it, there's got to be some truth there. 100%. And so my invitation for the men that I work with and I coach, and I'm able to guide through some of the most greatest transitions of their lives is to really give them an opportunity in our sessions to be still and to be with what comes up for them, yeah. you know? Yeah. I think that's so powerful what you talked about. You just related the word still, mm. not doing, just thinking as powerful. And I mm. think that's where, from my perspective, the shift has to happen is that still and not doing anything is not associated with power. Mm. Being still is associated with losing time, with not taking advantage of this world around us. But when you change that perspective, I think that's such a cool perspective is being still is probably one of the most powerful things that you can do because it allows you to influence change mm. off the bat and change that you couldn't influence without actually stopping and, and thinking, you know? Absolutely. And I think it's worth even mentioning, Billy, you know, the reason why guys are in such a, a hard place right now is that for as long as I've been alive, at least, society has treated men like a social experiment. Yeah. You know, how we're portrayed in film, TV, movies, television um, is just, it's, it's a very poor imagery. And it's its what we're invited to uh, to become, you know, to be this kind of man. If you're this kind of man, then you'll get, a, you'll have a crowd and you'll have the girl and you'll have the car and you'll have the lifestyle that's promised to us. And so many men get to the end of themselves, realizing that they did everything that society asked of them and still. And still, I'm right where I don't want to be. I'm right where I can't afford to be. And it's really, um, it's disheartening to hear to hear the story over and over and over again. Um, and not just in America. I'm talking in Mexico and in Israel and in Canada, Africa, Australia. I mean, all around the globe. I've, I've traveled and I've sat in circle with men and have listened some, to some of the most powerful stories, confessions, adversities that these guys have been up and realizing like what they knew best to choose in that moment. 
and the shame that it created for them yeah. and the guilt that they carry and how they it caused them to really uh, end up in a place where they are extremely dissatisfied with their life and who they've become. In a world where we're so easily influenced, Jovan, where, like you talked about, your entire mission is based on the fact that 99.9% of men struggle with this. So how do you go about not being easily influenced by the other men around you? Is it surrounding yourself with people who are in the same place? Because, for example, I look at my own friend group, all these other men could look at their own friend group, who are in a similar position that, that you talked about. Mm-hmm. So the outside influence there is obviously influencing them as well. Absolutely. How do you become Absolutely. either self-assured, separate yourself? What are the keys there to change that? Yeah. I said I wasn't going to mention it, but I'm just going to drop a little uh, unapologetic um, uh, info here around the book. I'm, I'm, develop- I'm writing a book on this topic right now. And the book is really, the intention is to teach men how to build healthy relationships starting with themselves. And I feel strongly, Billy, that one of the reasons why a lot of men are in moral crisis, the reason why men are incubating their pain and are in search of an identity and purpose and direction, why men are gathering in false uh, unity and and, and men have this deep-seated fear of inadequacy within themselves is because they have found themselves in a place where they're relationally bankrupt. They don't have solid individuals around them. They have not taken inventory on who they've been choosing for their lives. And as a consequence, when you don't have the right players on your team, chances are great you don't win many championships. You know? And if you do take inventory, what's available is a uh, repositioning of the roster. (laughs) And with a better roster and a better bench, you know, starting starting five and, and a better bench, you can put some numbers on the scoreboard. Yeah. You can create some noise and create a bit of momentum for your life. Did you always so, have this all-star team? Do you know what? No, but I always had a desire to learn. I've just been very hungry for wisdom. I love to learn. I love reading. I love self-educating and the healing process. While it was challenging in the beginning, I learned to embrace it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, liars don't heal. And I did a lot of lying to myself, which is why it took me so long to, to build my business, to, to find a rhythm in my life, to have healthy relationships, to make money, to develop a relationship with God and my inner child. All that took work. It took not lying anymore. And so for me, it's a relationships. It's about relational wealth. If more men built relational wealth, their perspectives would change. The way they walked, the way they spoke, even in the languaging. I'm really big on languaging and and how people speak, not only to themselves, but to others and about what they want. Many men you'll ask, go ahead. No, go for it. Continue. I was going to say, many, many, many men ask, you know, many men are asked, you know, what do you want, you know, in a marriage or financially or in your or in interpersonal relationships and they say well i don't want this and i don't want that and i want to avoid this and i hope that this doesn't and the emphasis is on what they don't want and the, and the, ch- the challenge is that when they speak those things they call more of it into their lives yeah. and so when we're lazy in our language 
it causes a lot of drama <laughs> for our life. What I see massively is the mm. I don't want, but also mm. the I don't know. Yes. And that, and I know I'm I'm a young entrepreneur here, but I test this out with so many people in my in my circle. I test this out with mm-hmm. people that I meet. What do you want? Hey there, young aspirers. I wanted to take a break here and just talk to you about how I started my podcast. So starting a podcast can be quite daunting. You got to figure out camera equipment. You got to figure out sound, microphone, background, lighting, and that can be hard to think of. But when I found Blossom Media Studio, they made it so easy for me to just focus on what I actually care about, which is speaking to my guests on a weekly basis. Everything from pre to post-production gets taken care of. All I have to do is do what I enjoy, show up and record. So big thanks to Blossom Media Studio. Now let's get back to the episode. Mm-hmm. And the amount of people that tell me I don't know what I want, that sparks a conversation in itself. Do you feel that that is a key to to any growth, to any certainty of of your of your masculinity, I guess the word is as well. Do you feel that that is necessary as well, knowing what you want? I think the people who come to me are culture icons, are celebrity clientele, they are community leaders, or they have a desire to, to transition into professional and personal alignment. And a lot of these guys that I have an honor of working with, you know, one-to-one, they're challenged by one thing, Billy. There's just one thing that these guys want and they don't give voice to it in this way, but it's clarity. It's who am I? What do I want? And where am I going in life? However, they'll come and say, I want to make more money. I want to transition. I want to uh, have a deeper, more intimate relationship with my wife or my partner. I want to be a better father. I want what they want is clarity. And clarity comes through relationships. It, it comes through community. It comes through self-education. It takes work to get that. Now, here's the thing. Those of us who do not do the work to get that clarity, we become the slave to the clarity of other people. Yeah. And that's why it's important. I feel so strongly what makes me successful is not my bank account. What makes me successful is not the way I look or the things that I possess or or, or I'm in the process of creating. What makes me, Javon Lankford, successful is finding my way home. I found my way home with God and my inner child. I found my way home and knowing who I am in this moment and what I am committed out of my mind when no one's looking to creating in the world. Yeah. And that is healing men, period. Whatever form that comes in, whether it's a national symposium, whether that's a book, a, a documentary, whatever it may be, as long as it is able to suffice. Healing men, I'm doing my job. Will you, will you get on and do a podcast with Billy Garton? Uh, young entrepreneur, right? Hungry, passionate, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's a hell yes, because I did the work to get clear. I've been a model. I've been a basketball player. I've, been a, I've painted decks. I've been an Uber driver. I have been a caterer. I have developed businesses. I've worked with huge multi-million dollar uh, media agencies. I've done, I've had, I've had, I have had a lot of odd jobs, yeah. a lot of odd jobs. Today, I have one job, and that's my mission. That's it. Off of that. And everything and everything comes everything comes secondary. Everything comes secondary. And that mission is the mentor. And it exists to educate, 
equip and empower men and leaders in the men's health space so that we advance the emotional and physical well-being of men on a global scale. So is that what you do for men then? Because obviously not all men have the same vision as you. Not all men have Mm -hmm. the same mission as you. So within your programs and your courses and the things that you teach, do you Mm -hmm. help men find their mission? Do you teach them how to go after their passion? I think the first part is really identity. I teach men how to identify and really deconstruct the unhealthy patterns and language and beliefs about themselves and how they see themselves within the context of the world. The second area that I support men is in intimacy. Intimacy, all failures in ethics are our first failures in intimacy. And a lot of men don't have deep and meaningful connections and relationships with others because they have not endeavored to journey to that place within themselves. The third area is integrity. And integrity is really being willing to strike at the source of your greatest challenges so you can find yourself back in communion with your own heart and mind and mission. And the reason why identity, intimacy, and integrity are important for me to explore with men is because those three have been my greatest challenges. Those three things are the areas I work incredibly, incredibly and diligently at on a daily basis, because I know with my heart of hearts that if I continue to stay in the practice, I can produce anything. And what is that practice? What are some key Mm. ways? Mm. You're you're digging in there, Billy. I like this. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the practice. Reveal the secrets. (laughs) Yes, he wants it all. You're getting it all. You brought a big shovel. (laughs) Big shovel, yeah. You brought a big shovel. Uh, Practices. Well, you know, what what I'll say is just for context, because, you know, as you said, this is not a one-size-fits-all. Everyone's in different places. Everyone will come to this podcast in a different place mentally and spiritually. But for me personally, as a young man of color living in a big city, some of the practices that I have found is finding a spiritual anchor. I think that's really important for men. What I mean by that is there are really two relationships that I encourage men to establish. One is with a higher power and one is with their inner child. And for me, it's God. For others, the higher power could be the ocean, could be nature. It could be uh, a partner. It could be music, whatever that is for you. Um, and Whenever my life is out of alignment and I feel that I'm off course and I feel that there's great resistance and things are not flowing as I know they do and can, I check in with those two relationships. So I think that's being spiritually anchored is really important with within yourself and having something that you can look up to and into. It's really important. I think another practice for me is saying what needs to be said. I was very uh, quiet, cool, calm, and collected, as they say, through life. And I kept my thoughts, feelings, and emotions to myself. Um, Today, that's not the case. If there's something that I feel that needs to be said, I give voice to it. And I think in order to give voice, you must first find that voice. And that journey is one of the most challenging ones to really be a... Yeah, go ahead. Because finding that voice and, and, and not voicing... There's this introvert-extrovert conversation that goes on. And I feel it's a destructive conversation because people are either told or they convince themselves that they are one or the other. Oh, I'm introverted. Oh, I'm extroverted. And specifically in the introverted world, and again, I'm speaking from personal experience, you come to the acceptance that, oh, I don't share my thoughts and feelings. And that's just the way you accept that you are. 
how destructive do you see that? And again, how do you go about changing that narrative? Well, you can't talk about finding your voice without first talking about silence. And then it goes back to that. It always goes back to that because it's in the silence. It's it's taking those ride, late night rides to the ocean with myself. Mm-hmm. It's taking those solo trips to Guatemala or to uh, Mexico or to India and, and really allowing myself to get lost and taking a risk so I can build trust within myself and I can then have love, more love for me. Because when we love ourselves enough, we can do anything. We can create anything. And so I think when it comes to the voice, you got to sit in it. You got to sit in the pain before you can stand in your power. And so many people are avoid sitting in it, being with it and saying, this is how the abuse made me feel. This is how the loss of a parent, the loss of a loved one made me feel. This is how being bullied in school made me feel. This is how feeling insignificant makes me feel and being honest with it. It's kind of like if you are standing on the corner of Main and Fifth and you call an Uber and you say, hey, I'm on 7th and Spring. If you lie about where you are, you don't own where you are, the vehicles, the drivers who are intended to take you to the next level in life will never find you. You won't make it. You just won't make it. But that exquisite honesty really only happens in silence. Because there's no other voices, there's no distractions, there's no one interrupting the process. Consequently, we come to different conclusions because we're here now. And inviting men into presence and personal responsibility, the consequence is finding your purpose. Yeah. So now you must go in before you can come out. Clearly, you, what you're saying is you must internalize, you must build that trust and that power within yourself before you can come out. After you've done that, the world obviously still isn't sunshine and rainbows. There's some ups and downs mm-hmm. and, and hiccups. How do you externalize those feelings to those people around you in a way where it makes you feel validated, but also makes you feel like you're not insecure to talk about? Mm. Three words. Find your people. One of my favorite people in the world, individuals, souls, is Andrea Quinn. She's an empowerment coach. She's here in Los Angeles as well. I encountered her. Our souls encountered one another Andrea probably Quinn. about eight years. Ago. Yes, Andrea Quinn. Yeah. Um, and we, we connected years ago. She's a really phenomenal human being, right? She's, she's a – I often will joke and I'll say, you know, my – you know, usually the divine gets in the way of people's human experience, right? Their relationship with God or spirituality. But I feel that my human gets in the way of the divine. I feel like I'm a divine being and I'm learning how to be human again. You know, every day it's a remembrance. But Andrea told me one day, I said, why do you think men struggle? She's married 20 plus years. She does a lot of empowerment work uh, with people in the industry, the entertainment industry. And she says, so simply, she said, The reason why people struggle is because they spend too much time with not their people. You're in the wrong room. You're at the wrong table. You're at the wrong company. What if if your surrounding is the people that are closest to you? Yeah. What if that surrounding is your own family? What if it's your mother? What if it's your father or your husband or wife? What if? 
those those are people too. That's my response. They're people too. And sometimes you get to learn you learn how to love people from a distance because you don't get to be abused. You don't get to be spoken to any kind of way. You don't get to be disrespected by nobody, including the people you came from. And if you communicate to someone that what you're doing or what you're saying doesn't feel good or it's hurtful to me and they continue to do it, those are not your people. Go find your chosen family. What if these people are subconsciously hurting you because they're coming from a place of they mean love and they mean their intention is right, but mm-hmm. it's still destructive? What do you do? Right. Then it's not their fault, it's yours because you know it and you're continuing to put yourself in the environment and within the context of those conversations. And so you draw a line, you create what are called requirements for yourself and you honor those requirements. And that may mean those people not being in your life for a moment or forever. And you get to be okay with that. And I think that when we do create space, the people who are willing to hold us and rock us and see us, and love us the way that we need to be loved or reveal themselves. You just got to keep on swimming. So do you drop those people out before you found your people or do you find your people and then drop the rest of them out? Good question, Billy. You don't. There's no dropping the people. Here's the, here's the difference. Here's perception. I'm going to give you a nugget that's going to change your life forever and hopefully those who listen to this as well. It's not that you leave them you leave where they are and where you can no longer afford to be. You're not leaving them. They're still there. It's the place in which they're choosing to be. Pain, disrespect, shame, hurtful. They're sitting in an emotion and an energy that is unhealthy. So you're not leaving the person, you're leaving the place that they are at. And that makes a world of difference. Does that make sense? Is it is a lot of it in your mind? Can you it's leave that place physically or do you have to leave it? Can you leave it mentally and still be there physically? Anything is possible, but I think environment, the environment, E-N, affects the environment, I-N. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big proponent. I'm very, everyone's different. Um, like I said, I'm a divine, uh, uh, I'm a divine uh, and my human gets in the way of the, my divine. And so operating from that, that place of divinity, I'm very sensitive energetically. I feel and sense things strongly. So I, Javon Langford, cannot afford to be in that environment. I choose not to be because I honor myself, yeah. right? And sometimes trying to honor your parents or to be respectful for them is actually a dishonoring of self. And so you got to draw a line. What's more important to you? Is it more important for you to have a relationship with uh, someone who's abusive to you or for you to go out and explore and find new people. I'll give you a more concrete example. I grew up, I have four sisters. They're all younger than me, but the oldest one and I were attached at the hip as kids. Loved her to pieces, right? We were attached at the hip. Walked to school together, laid in the same bed, took baths together. Like that was my homie. It was my ace, boom, boom. I turned 18, went off to college, and I was on my own journey. I was discovering who I was and like, wow, I can eat this and I can stay up late and I can do all these things. I'm my own man. And I forgot about my sisters, all of them, but especially the oldest one. And it wasn't years later, so I was 23 living in Los Angeles, that she came out and spent three days with me. We were driving away from the beach. The sun was set and music was playing. We're dancing in the car. She hits the radio and says, you abandoned me. 
You left. You didn't turn back. You didn't ask me how I was. She started crying. I pulled over. We both were in tears. And I realized that she was going through an experience that I wasn't aware of. She left LA and we didn't talk for almost eight years. It crushed me. It crushed me. Today, just today, in my early 30s, Billy, I have reestablished that relationship with her. But for that eight years, when I reached out, she would jab and punch and she would be so abusive to me in her languaging and her messaging. She always wanted to argue and I had to create distance. I went my entire 20s not having a relationship with what, with who was my best friend. And now in our 30s, we've reestablished that connection, but you've got to be willing to walk away and trust that it will play its course. It'll run its course, but you can't control that. I think there's two big things there. That distance clearly created clarity for you. One, like you talked about before. And secondly, I think the the understanding initially when you talk about separating yourself is that it's people are scared because they feel like that means forever. But mm. what's cool is you separated yourself for a little while. Maybe not initially with the understanding that you'd get reconnected with your sister. Yeah. But yeah. I think shifting that perspective, especially for males, is important. You know, you can distance yourself with your family, your closest friend. Mm. But by creating clarity and understanding what you actually want, that doesn't mean it's it's for the long term or for for infinity, infinity. You know, absolutely. I think that's huge. So, what can other people do then for men? This is another topic that's not often talked about. Men are so alone in their thoughts because they are to be the protector of everybody else. What can people? females for example kids spouses whatever it may be do to support men in this journey of finding themselves mm. for my birthday this year billy i went to spend four days it was supposed to be four days ended up being two weeks with one of the people i respect with everything that i have somebody that i trust my life with somebody who has given me so many tools and nuggets of wisdom. His name is George Zalicki. He's in Tennessee. And I spent my birthday at his house, sitting at his feet for two weeks, recording our conversations. And he told me, do you know the problem with the world? There's only one problem with the world. He said, but specifically in the work that you do with men, people don't listen. I think if we just listened to men, everyone's telling men what's wrong with them. No one's asking, how are you? What are you going through? What are you working on? What are you working towards? And inquiring where they are versus telling them. I think a big part of the work that we do with the mentor is we create those spaces to have the deeper conversation. And I feel that I feel very strongly there's a lot that can be done and um, it's all on the website. So I'll refer you there just in the interest of time in the podcast, yeah. but I feel the number one thing is listening that if we turned our heads and attention to the voice that is man and heard what he is truly going through and experiencing the adversities and how he is choosing to see his life that we could be able to be a mirror to them 
in a way that they can see the same thing differently. But until we listen, that man will feel unheard and unseen, and he will continue to hide and suffer silently. So it's a two-way street then, because that also takes the man being willing to listen as well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Absolutely. not, there's this constant friction, right? And this pushback where it's like, why would I listen to you if you don't listen to me? Right. Right. And someone's got to go first. And usually the person who's hurt doesn't go first. Isn't that how that works? Right. When a child is going through things and they're pouting on the couch with their arms crossed and legs crossed and they say, what's wrong? And you're standing above them. But if you get on one knee or you sit beside them with your back on the couch and your legs crossed and your arms crossed and you mirror for them and make it evident that you're there for one thing to listen. We all know the we all know the result of that. That child opens up, and men will be men are willing to open up if they and when they feel safe and seen. Yeah. So a man comes to you, Javon. Let's paint a picture. He comes to you. He's struggling. He's struggling internally. He's not really voiced it externally to anyone. He's now come to you, and he's voicing it externally. He's got all these issues in his life that nobody knows. And now he's trying to solve those issues for the first time. You have 10 minutes to him, with him. What do you say? I ask him one question. I ask him, what do you want? And I ask this question because it's going to tell me a few things. It's going to tell me who he is. It's going to tell me where he is and tell me how he is interpreting his experiences. And with that, I can go a lot of places. Yeah, that's incredible. What a way to round that out. Javon, (laughs) honestly, one of the best conversations we've had on here. So much learning. I'm going to go back and listen to this 50 times over. I think me too. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's funny because sometimes you have that. I I have that all the time Mm -hmm. where... They say sometimes you're your own best teacher, and I I often learn from from myself as much as I do other people. Mm, Absolutely. But incredible wisdom, Javon. There's so much more we could talk about. Again, for time's sake, obviously, we will close this out here. But before we do so, where can people find you? What have you got going on? You can find me online at JavonLankford.com or on social. I'm usually on Instagram. Uh, Follow my journey and photos and in my, my quirky day-to-day activities, workouts, and uh, nuggets of wisdom. Uh, But before I go, Billy, there's something I feel called to share as we we wrap this up. Um, And it's why I chose to do this podcast. I think it's important for me to say this. I've said no a lot lately. And that's another lesson to learn is being being willing to say no without a story. But to you, I said yes. And I had to sit with that. Why am I saying no to everybody but yes to Billy? And it's because you are a very aspiring and inspiring young man. And in looking at your image online and following some of what you've been creating, I saw a lot of myself. And it got me to thinking, what advice do other young men need to hear right now? While you guys are still willing to listen, to speak, to share, what what counsel could I possibly give you? There's a few things I want to share with you, if I I may. I'm just going to go in no particular order, just what comes from my heart. The first thing is solo travel. Solo travel, it should be a requirement for anyone under 25. If you're under 25, under 30, anyone at all, but especially under 25. Solo travel has shifted 
how I see myself in the context of the world. I think it's so important is how do you see yourself and how do you see yourself within the world? And before solo travel, I saw myself as so small. And beyond that, I realized how big and small the world truly is and how I can have anything, maybe not everything, but I can have anything. Solo travel will do that for you. It offers you that and so much more. The second thing I would say is take major and strategic risk. Major and strategic risk. The guys I work with, we create what's called a risk list. Maybe on a part two of the podcast, we can dive into that. 100%. Right? Major and strategic risk. Risk builds trust within oneself. Trust is the layer just before self-love, and self-love is the answer. So take major and strategic risk. Third thing. With the willingness to lose and fail? There's no losing. And there's no failing. And the moment you the moment you allow that to be a part of the conversation, well, yeah. Sorry, continue. Absolutely. Number three: never stop asking questions. Allow your questions to be answered and your answers to be put in question. Number four: sit at the feet of the people who touch your soul as often. And as long as you can endure the wisdom, there's something to learn from every human experience. The third, fourth thing, whatever number we're at right now, <laughs> fifth, sometimes your back will upset other people's knives. In other words, shit's going to happen. Keep moving. Number six, eat clean and live clean. Your body is your first business. Take care of your body. You get one of them. Enjoy your body, but live as clean and eat as clean as possible. Number seven, don't lie to yourself. Out of all your lying, don't lie to yourself. Liars don't heal. Number eight, you don't have to tell all that you know. Keep something for you. Oftentimes we get excited about a big win or a great loss or a huge breakthrough. Some things are meant just for you. Number nine, build your awareness. Read books, digest podcasts like this one. You know, <laughs> take the time to really fill your cup. Fill your cup, build your awareness, get clear, self-educate. So awareness is self-education. Number 10, communication is not the key. It's not the key. Comprehension is. You can talk until you turn blue in the face. It's about understanding yourself and understanding others, where they're coming from. And the bonus, I would say, is so important, and I hope that this shined through throughout the course of this podcast, is lift your language, build your vocabulary, learn new words, study the greats. Every word holds a world in itself, so be conscious of how you speak, when you speak, what you speak, because it will come into existence. Wow, my word. I thought we'd close it out phenomenally, but it doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> well, it's really been a pleasure. Yeah, you've you've seen I've taken all these notes here. Everybody else is going to be taking unbelievable value from that. 
So, Javon, again, thank you so, so much. Anything else you have to add in terms of where people can find you? Everywhere you look, there I am. I'm, 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 He's I'm divine. Here. He is divine. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> I love it. Well, everybody else, you know what to do. If you haven't already, by now you should have subscribed to the Inspiring Young Aspirers podcast. Give me a follow at Billy Garton Jr. on all platforms. And the Inspiring Young Aspirers podcast as we attempt to become a top 25 business podcast. We've hit the top 100 in the UK. We've hit the top 30 in Portugal, top 10 in Ireland. Don't know how that's happened. But we're on the up, everybody. Stay tuned. Incredible episode yet again. We are changing lives on this podcast. Share it with your friends. Learn something every single day yourself. Speak to you soon. If you listen to this podcast and find anything at all valuable, make sure you take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at Billy Garton Jr. so I can see it and repost that to my story. Also, if you have any questions or inquiries about what you want me to speak about on this podcast, I want to know. Message me at Billy Garton Jr. and I'll be sure to get back. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Inspiring Young Aspirers podcast.